0: Hello, and welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. I'm Katrina Collier. I'm, of course, author of The Robot Proof Recruiter, which I definitely don't show enough, and a facilitator and a speaker. I'm, of course, joined by my gorgeous, talented, talent acquisition professional co-host, the one, the only, Mason Glenn Martin. Hello, Martin. (laughs) Hola. Hola.
1: And today we
0: have... Okay, he's freaking me out today. Today we have another talented, talent acquisition professional. I do love saying that so much. Um, On the show, the one, the only, Erin, welcome to The Social Recruiting Show. And actually, you, you also you. have a podcast. You're going to show us your little...
2: I do indeed. A little self-promotion that goes little, a long way. Big, big I do fish not in have a talent book, pool. Katrina, but I do have a podcast. She will have.
0: So One day. If you are so
2: inclined, <laughs> want to hear other talent acquisition leaders talk about why they do yeah. what they do, how they got there, Absolutely. what keeps them up at night, that's kind of my thing on the podcast.
0: And they're like seriously senior people too. So it's so worth it. And of course, we would not be here if it wasn't for our fantastic sponsor. You're going to get the right hand, Glenn, you're ready. And surprise alumni, we couldn't do it without you. So thank you for keeping us here for another week. So welcome to the thank show. You.
1: Welcome, Erin. It's pleasure. really, really cool to have you on the show as yes, well. Um, thank oh, you. I'm honoured. That's cool. So for those individuals, very few individuals that, that don't know you, do you want to give us a little bit of a, a background as to how you got into recruitment?
2: Yeah, actually, um, so you know how a lot of people say they, they got into it by accident? I hear this all the time. Nobody yeah. ever intends to be a recruiter. I actually intended to be a recruiter. <gasps> That's true. I did That's indeed. That's true. And I don't know why. Three? people. Free? Okay, all right. Yeah. I'm in a small crowd. Uh, That's very. Yes, my, my, uh, my senior project in my senior year of college was actually uh, a little um, uh, research on why people choose a particular candidate based on a recorded interview that they had to listen to. This is ancient times yeah. for computers, but whatever. Uh, so I just kind of knew that I was all about why do people get jobs in certain areas? Why do they do what they do? How, do, how are they chosen? I just was really fascinated by that. Fast forward a couple of years, I was working for um, Arthur Anderson and company, this company that not everybody remembers. But anyway, Uh, my brother worked for them at one point. Did he? Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So for our younger listeners, it's like a a really, you know, similar to PricewaterhouseCoopers Deloitte in an earlier time uh, in our history. Uh, They evolved into Accenture. And when they did, I went from being an HR generalist for two years to a recruiter and started really my recruiting career and never looked back um, awesome. for Accenture for 19 years. And what I loved about wow. Accenture was they allowed me to do what I loved in so many different ways. And usually, if, even before I was ready for um, a new challenge, they had a new challenge ready for me. So I loved it. Cool. Did a whole bunch of stuff. Worked. Um, moved three times once over to Europe. Spent three years working in Germany for uh, West Europe and um, then came back to the us and did executive recruiting rpo we actually created an rpo so i got that experience and then later leveraged that to go to hewitt and ran their recruiting globally for several years and then their RPO business and then went to amazon and did that for uh, a year and then came down here to austin texas so i've actually moved which is when you started
0: your own business right
2: uh, no, I actually worked for oh. NFP, which is an uh, insurance brokerage and consulting firm, um, and uh, did that for a couple of years as their head yeah. of talent management, including talent right. acquisition. Cool. So, Great. yeah, and then then decided it was time to yeah. consult. So I've joined this wonderful consortium of consultants at People Results, many of whom are former Accenture consultants, and so i operating that pattern.
0: Accenture you're
1: alumni. alumni.
0: Exactly. a bit more freedom then hey
2: yeah so indeed indeed very yeah very well, I mean I would say flexibility um still work as you know as a consultant you work plenty hard uh, and um, <laughs> but lots of variety so i'm happy yeah. to to But sure. i
0: love it so it doesn't feel like work
1: mm-hmm. yeah. makes sense it is cool. which is the
0: trap because you can end up working too much so mm. i was going to because you're a female at this senior level i thought i'd whack up our show topic um as well because we actually technically that's not what we were going to call it but we decided this was like more palatable um mm-hmm. empowering female ta leaders actually i think we when we were on when i was on your podcast thank you again for that was awesome conversation we were talking about women getting out of their own way how we kind of as you know when we get to these senior roles we get in our own way so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that um and as ever anyone who's listening please feel free to pepper us with comments and questions we love to make this interactive Mm -hmm. Uh, I can definitely see quite a few people there already yeah
1: so what could I just throw in a a question straight away for the uh, the male contingent here um (laughs) uh, Um, what 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 do you mean by empowering fellow ta lead uh, female ta TA leaders what what are we talking about here more broadly
2: well So what Katrina and I had talked about, which sort of spurred this conversation, has more to do with how women, in many cases, I think, underestimate themselves and Mm -hmm. their own capabilities more maybe even than men underestimate them. And so Mm. we have a tendency to get in our own way. So this is not a Mm. men versus women thing, at least Mm -mm. not from my perspective. Um, It is definitely more of a Do I, I, as a woman, and and especially, and and I talk a lot on the podcast about young leaders, aspiring leaders, women and men who want to be talent acquisition leaders, and what does that really take, and how do they Mm. need to be thinking about things? Uh, And uh, I think in some cases, young, especially women leaders, don't really know themselves very well, and they may or may not have been encouraged when it came to ambition, uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm remembering Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In. I'm sure you know of it. Uh, she, mm-hmm. she she was, you know, a little bit controversial in talking about the ambition gap. And that mm-hmm. being, do women sort of um, not go for things in the way that men do? Or do they not sort mm-hmm. of set themselves up for success and leadership roles yeah. in the way that men will? And she took I like a that
0: ambition it. gap. That's quite cool.
2: Okay, so so tell me, Katrina and, and Glenn, have you ever seen it? Have you seen it in someone that, that you feel mm-hmm. like they're, they're changing themselves, they're not pushing Please themselves? don't
0: shoot me for what I'm about to say, but it's because I think in the back of a lot of women's minds, certainly not this little Vegemite, but other women's minds, I'm going to go off and have babies. So I might as well not go for that position. But I have also seen women at quite senior positions go, enough. I'm so sick of the bollocks of this and the and the politics. And they step out and run their own businesses. So I've seen yeah. that as well because they get sick of playing in the big boys' club. Um, yeah. But I have seen women just go, "Nah," because I know I'm going to have babies. What's the point? I, that sounds horrific. Yeah. Don't shoot me down for that. Um,
2: mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that's one. Oh, of the you! I mean, others. Carol makes in the book actually. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. she talks about don't quit before you quit. And, you know, she had a young woman come to her and say, well, I think I'm going to have kids in a couple of years. So I want to know what I should, you know, how I should set up my career. And Cheryl's like, well, Mm. are you engaged? Like, do you have a no, no, I'm just, you know, planning on it. Okay, Mm. well, don't quit before you quit. Like, yeah, you know, lean in, essentially. Mm. Glenn, what about you? Have you ever seen it? The the ambition gap?
1: I think um, I, I, for me, it's through kind of interacting with individuals that are looking for new opportunities, and you do find that there is a a, a different mindset. I think sometimes between male and, and female uh, kind of mm. individuals looking for that for that job opportunity, and not in a patronising way, but I think you you do find yourself um, kind of helping them to to kind of validate their their value, which um, you know that can happen in, in male applicants as well. But I, yeah, I have seen it, and I do, you know, well, I, I champion anybody that effectively I work with. Mm. But yes, so to, to answer your question, I'm trying to be delicate here because I think it's 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 something that I've seen, but sometimes mm. I, I wouldn't necessarily say to that person, "Oh, I think you're undervaluing yourself." I just it's about encouraging them to be quite quite uh, forthright around their skills and experience.
0: Yeah. Mm. There's some good comments there. Uh, mm. so Debbie, hello, Debbie, uh, it's difficult to be the only f- in the room. So not every woman is up to the challenge. I think you missed the word female. It's difficult to be the only female in the room, which mm. is so true. Not everyone woman is up to mm. the challenge. Yeah. Um, and another one here from Yolanda, very true. I'm external, but many of my in-house female colleagues are happy to take a back seat and do hard lifting in the background, but not lead.
2: Mm. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I think some of that, well, all of it has to do with, with, um, the uh, confidence that I have in my ability to show up well mm. and uh, comfort with ambiguity, risk tolerance. You know, a lot of those tend to come more naturally for men. They tend to be more mm. comfortable with risk. They tend to apply to a job where they're 70%. They have 70% of the, the criteria as opposed to mm. a woman who, and this is documented mm. in research. Yeah, 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 yeah. Women will it is. feel they need to have 90 plus percent of the criteria mm. and mailed before they apply for a job. So, um, but, but, you know, more to the point of beyond applying for a job, it's what am I, how am I mentored? How am I sponsored? Which is different mm. from mentorship, right? So if you're in a corporate organization that has some sort of a lattice or a ladder mm. uh, and you feel you have advocacy from someone in a position to represent you, your tendency to take a risk is going to be much greater. It you go up, yeah. Um, but in, here's here's an interesting thing, and I'm, I'm sorry, I did a little bit of research because I was kind of thinking about the the oh, I <laughs> love that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I need of little, Can I just little, quickly before you say that, though, yeah, I
0: must yeah. correct. Debbie was correct. I apologise, Debbie. Actually, the only, as in the only person of any type oh. amongst everyone else in a room. So I stand corrected mm. there.
2: Wow. Sorry, okay. Debbie. Thank you, Debbie. Appreciate that. <laughs> um, okay, so so the whole ambition gap thing uh, has been apparently misunderstood. That mm. being, people thought that what Cheryl meant was that um, men, not women, desire and strive for positions. That's not true. It is actually, the research shows that ambition is penalized in women more than men. And so, there's a deterrent that- to stepping up because... Mm. They may mm. be um, even subtly encouraged to just, mm, just back off a little bit, just don't, mm. don't worry about mm. it too much. I have an example. Is that a
0: bit like like the microaggressions kind of thing, That the little mm. comments and the little like, you know, a, a female is seen as aggressive if they're being yeah. Yeah, clear right. about <laughs> what they want and men yeah. aren't.
2: Sure. So I they're mean, bes- it,
1: it and they're perceived, start- right?
2: Right. That shows mm-hmm. how they're perceived. And I mean, this goes way back to, you know, math class, where, <laughs> you know, boys, if they put their hand up, they get picked over girls. I, I hope that's uh, decreasing. But in any case,
0: I bet it's, it's, not. It's,
2: it's the whole <laughs> subtle, even overt ways in which mm-hmm. women are discouraged from, you know, showing up in a strong way. I have an example early in my career. Um, a, a woman who was a recruiter at um, mm. Anderson at the time accenture uh, she she and I had a, a, a sort of a dinner it was a little bit of an informal mentoring session she was very kind to me talked to me a little bit about where I want to go with my career um, and mm. then gave me a few suggestions and one of the suggestions was that it would it might make sense for you to figure out who the influencers are in your office so that Back then, it mm-hmm. was organized by offices. She was in a different one. Mm-hmm. I was in the one I was in. And she said, In your office, figure out which of the influencers might have a say when it comes time to promotion and, and, and invite that person to lunch and uh, see if you can, you know, just be a little bit uh, bold about the yeah. fact that you hope to get promoted and you wonder what it will take. Yeah. Well, I did that, actually.
0: Uh, they weren't going to say the word flirt, were they? I think that's why oh, I no,
2: no, 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 okay. no, 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 okay. no. Definitely. Uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn, turn
0: your um, yeah. input down, Glenn. Sorry. Yeah. He's using a new mic, and it's like, he it just moves, and it's like, well, I can't hear it. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. We're having the same issue I had one week where it was, like, dreadful. (laughs) Sorry. So you you had lunch with this person?
2: Yeah, I did. I I invited this more senior person, a partner in the office, to lunch because I knew that he had influence over um, some of the decisions that would be made for those of us who were not uh, consultants but serving the internal. And uh, it was a professional lunch. I, you know, talked to him about my ambition, blah, blah, blah. About a week later, one of the other senior people in the office said, "Hey, did you invite so and so to lunch to tell him you wanted to get promoted? What's up with that?" And it 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 blindsided me because my intention yeah. was pure. I was actually acting upon some advice that I had received, so I thought I was like doing the right thing in the yeah. right way. And and so uh, this this other person felt they were more influential and they would speak on my behalf. <gasps> but they oh, have never told me that. And I felt oh. that I needed to advocate for myself. So, so I don't know if that would have happened to a man. I'm guessing it wouldn't have. I'm guessing nobody would have gone to a man mm-hmm. and said, now, hang on, how come you went and had lunch with that person to ask him to support you in a promotion? Okay, it, 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 listen. Yeah. Not blaming anybody, but that was a very early message to me that "Mm, don't be too bold, don't break out and ask those kinds of things. Yeah, be careful
0: who you trust because you don't know what's going to come back on you, and it's all all office politics. Oh,
2: right. Or trust me, I've got you. You know, just let it happen. Don't be, you know, don't don't uh, be that person who's speaking up for yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't actually think it works that way. I think you need to be bold. You need to be confident, Mm. and when when you encounter those things upon reflection at the time I was shocked and sad mm. and you know, I felt really bad about it. Um, but I, I, realized, you know, that's actually not okay. And uh, I'm going to let it pass, but I need to still speak up for myself. So,
1: yeah. yeah. Do you think that that's, there is, that can be tough. That, yeah. Do you, do you think that, you know, certainly within the workplace rightly or wrongly, there is still kind of male, uh, male unconscious bias in terms of how they perceive women as equals as opposed to you know some sort of calibration that that makes them feel like they can have that type of conversation with you which you yeah. know my question would always be the conversation you're about to have could you equally have that with a male and female colleague if the answer is no then clearly there's some you know there's oh. some imbalance in the way that you're approaching people okay. because it should be it should be a situation where you know you should feel like the confident that the conversation is fair in in both contexts. And it sounds with with respect, it, it sounds that conversation sounds incredibly patronizing. Um, and it just yeah, kind well, of it
2: was, it was years ago, and um, it's not my only example, but it was years ago, <laughs> and I'd like to think we have progressed. In fact, I think we definitely have in many many mm. ways. Um, but We've there...
0: talked about this on previous shows. I think there's a generational thing going on as well. You know, because mm. the fifties isn't that long ago. <laughs> you know, mm. so it, it will it will it will evolve as people just retire out as well. Mm. It's just yeah. We I just we've, we've we've had role models who've given us one way of thinking, and it's mm. you, know, you have to really stop and think. Oh, hang on, actually, I am being X Y Z, whichever it is.
2: Right, right. I would yeah. agree. Yeah, and I think it all goes back to my own view of myself, which mm. is always damaged, always flawed, right? I mean, nobody grows up with a perfect sense of their own capability. Uh, mm-hmm. So when I come up against, you know, whatever kind of barrier, it's all a matter of how I react to it. And mm-hmm. I have mentored women who, in some cases, I have off- offered them a new opportunity, a promotion or, you know, something mm-hmm. on my team. And, and what I have heard more often from women is Sorry, more often than I hear it from men, I've heard, mm. oh, I don't know if I can really handle that, and this, mm. and the home situation, and I'm, oh, I just don't know. And what I hear from men is, sure, great, bring it on. I'll hire somebody to handle A, B, C, D,
0: Yeah.
2: And mm. and honestly, respect for the man, because he, he's thinking about it in the right way. And I, mm. I have tried to encourage myself and other women to think occasionally if I'm mentoring somebody and we're kind of mm. grappling with issue, I'll I'll throw in the what would a man do? Sometimes that helps clarity, yeah. you know, in terms of getting out of my own way, not overthinking yeah. things. You know, um. do
0: you think women tend to be a bit more like people pleasers? So to give an example, one of the girls in my mastermind pod, um, amazing, she's a brilliant recruiter, and I, I set them the task to interrupt people, and she's incredibly incredibly like i can't do that and i'm going but what if it's somebody that's completely dominating the conversation taking it and i'm i was thinking a man taking it off piece going off you know shouldn't you interrupt and bring it back and, and you know add some and it was like, she was incredibly uncomfortable she said i'm a people pleaser and it was like I, do, I we're grossly generalizing here okay guys again right do you think maybe more so women do that and that's some of the issues're not speaking up
2: And we're we're taught to do that. And, you know, being collaborative and being respectful is not a bad thing. So I'm definitely Mm. not the one who's going to say, you know, interrupt people. But I think it was Madeline Albright, who once said, what was what's the most important thing you've ever learned in your career? She said, interrupt. Mm. (laughs) Because yeah, if you're both
0: trying to talk at the same time, you watch the female stop talking and the man continue. Sorry, Glenn, yeah. we're not talking about you, obviously. Um, well, I was just going to say. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, in, yeah. and I would just keep talking because I'm just obnoxious. Sorry, Glenn, we're not talking about you, darling.
1: No, I know that. I know. <laughs> I just think uh, I, you say people plays, I just say uh, high levels of EQ because I think, you know, that's somebody that's sensitive to the room, sensitive mm. to everybody having a voice and not an individual that's going to want to dominate. And even if there is somebody quite dominant, in that conversation,
0: mm.
1: it's it, you're giving them a, a platform you're being respectful. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Katrina. I think that there mm. is a point where you can comfortably, respectfully challenge yeah. that voice. And rather than call it interrupt, time. which sounds, interrupting sounds like quite negative. I would say you're mm. just respectfully challenging
0: the mm. time
1: they're, they're taking from the collective. Yeah, It's just about framing yeah. it differently. Yeah. It's not a negative well, thing.
0: Debbie's don't, don't back him <laughs> I told people to channel their inner Beyonce. I
2: love that. Yes, Debbie.
1: <laughs> yes, Debbie. Yeah.
2: Yes, indeed. So,
1: yeah. And in perhaps. Order. Sorry, go, go ahead.
2: On. oh Go ahead. I
1: was, I was just <laughs> going to say. I'll
0: just wait for you We're, doing, we're doing so much no.
1: years, And no one's
2: talking. Yeah. <laughs> over,
1: over to you, Erin. <laughs>
2: Well, so so there's a a sort of an identification of the issue here, right? Right. So it's Mm. the whole confidence thing. It's having a plan for your career. Mm. It's knowing what you want and then kind of uh, marshalling that uh, comfort with ambiguity, risk tolerance, and especially some women need help getting over that. And so I definitely Mm -hmm. encourage, you know, find a mentor, find a counselor, find a, you know, whoever um, mm-hmm. assuming that you want to get out of your own way uh, and push down that imposter that's shouting at you that you shouldn't uh, be successful, that you shouldn't make a lot of money, that you shouldn't, you know, do well, that you shouldn't uh, lead a team, including a bunch of men, that you shouldn't be in the same room where it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that that imposter needs to go away. And then there's another way in which I'm aware that we need to get out of our own ways uh, I mentioned earlier the example of women kind of feeling like, oh, I don't know if I can handle this, that, and this and that. And so I'm going to pass on the promotion. There's another way I personally got in my own way earlier in my career. Um, and a uh, quick story, uh, I was interviewing for a promotion, so an internal move, and um they gave it to me but they didn't give me the whole job they kind of held back part of it so they said we want you to lead talent acquisition for this geography but we're gonna give the recruitment marketing to somebody else and i said well you know hang on how how does that work and i had uh, one of the interviewers actually not the decision maker mm. but one of the interviewers that did me the service of having a coffee with me and and counseling me on my mm. approach to interview which was He said, you kept saying, I, 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 you kept saying, I'll do this. I'll do that. I'll do this. And he said, the thing is, you're thinking like a manager, not like a leader. A leader Hmm. will say, we, a leader will come with ideas about external agencies and consultant resources and team members and delegation. Hmm. And you weren't saying that, so we. I, I per, he said I personally didn't support you for the entire role because you weren't ready to be a leader. You're ready to be a manager, but not a leader. And it it, it cut deep at the time. Mm-hmm. Because it felt misunderstood, but the truth <laughs> is, it was the best thing that ever happened. It the best thing that ever happened, and I have listened yep. to that. Yep feedback time and time again in my head and realized mm. he was he was right he was spot on mm. and, and uh he had a perspective that i didn't have and you know i'm i'm grateful uh, and i probably would have failed in the role if i'd been given the whole role because i would have you know tried to be superwoman so you know sometimes it's a matter but in of, a
0: way was this your first management role that you were going no, for oh okay no right. it's a bigger okay. management role bigger re- got, you. got you got you Yeah, so
2: but yeah
0: yeah a few things rashad yes this is live um summer has a great coming here great to be so how do you see this playing out as it relates to recruiting Mind you? that was the mm. example with talent acquisition do you see it more so in recruiting actually there's so two different sides to recruiting isn't there because there's far more men on the agency side and then that's more balanced with male female on the inside yeah. do you see specific recruiting examples imagine you your whole, Career is talent acquisition, isn't yeah, it? So.
2: I mean, certainly my whole career has been talent acquisition is just my chosen profession. And, mm. um, I, you know, Jerry Crispin and I had a conversation not too long ago about how many recruiters are women and how few recruiting leaders are women. It tends mm. to be the men who sort of rise to the top. And he challenged me on that. He said, mm, "I think you need to go and look at the list." And there's mm. no list anywhere. But uh, I, I appreciated his challenge. It probably
0: me is, out. and Jerry, Jerry's probably got a little black book with him.
2: Oh, yeah, I'm very <laughs> sure of that. I'm
0: very sure. <laughs> with of that. their direct dials and all, like.
2: <laughs> so I started to compile a list, and many of these women have been on my podcast. So that's yeah. a little bit of my own you know, um, shout out to not only the men who have done great things in talent acquisition, but the women, yep. I'll give you a couple of names, Amy Goldfinger at Walmart, Carly Sanchez at Wells Fargo, Marinda Kalinowski at Facebook, Daniel Monahan at Uber, Susan Harker now retired from Amazon. She was there when I was there. Tremendous Ooh. leader, Um uh, yeah. and can stand up to Jeff Bezos, by the way, that's something to see uh jennifer carpenter at ibm she was formerly accenture and then delta Uh, oh you just said uber didn't you i did say uber danielle cindy davis is just a
0: top down at uber we have many powerful women she's not actually long been there cindy davis herself is an incredible woman
2: right cindy should i get you on the podcast
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah gotcha awesome cindy's awesome
2: uh, Marina Lavovich at Honeywell, who interestingly is an immigrant. She actually grew mm. up in Belarus, of all places, and emigrated eventually to the U.S. She does a fantastic job at Honeywell. Mm. Uh, Sobette Sawyer at Jewel Labs. She was formerly at The Gap for many years. Taryn Owen. Lots, at People, lots of them. People Scout. Yeah, I mean, I could go on. I mean, the, you know, there's, there's yeah. very powerful women in big, big organizations, mm. and they're doing great work. In talent acquisition, is business critical function. It's not a yeah. a sideline. It's exactly what all these organizations need in order to function. So, you know, I think that's something to be proud of. So we're getting there, but yeah, you know, I think there's still a bit of a gap in terms of women sort of having the confidence to move from that recruiter role to that recruiting mm. leader role and really, you know, take the risk. And and,
0: and I, I think also um Cindy's just like writing you a list here. I'll have Thanks. to get them off the comments because it's really silly. Otherwise yeah. you have to watch the entire show back mm-hmm. um, to, to get them. I will get them out of the comments for you.
2: Cindy, but oh, the um, work with a Hewitt, I think is your diversity director. If I'm not mistaken. She's awesome. So yeah. anyway, just shout out. To I, I think as,
0: I mean, one thing I found um, with, a, with a couple of people I'm mentoring, I mean, you know, we only can mentor so many, but I do think as leaders in, talent acquisition and female leaders that we do need to make sure that we are, you know, mentoring women where we can, like you were saying. But I also, I love it where I see examples of some of the heads of TA, so Simon Hulkyard is springing to mind as somebody who I wanted to book him to speak. He said, no, I would rather have this female in my team to speak. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I want to push the team up. And that was like really cool as well. And sometimes we don't see that enough. Yeah, um, I need to look out who this comment's from. Sorry, sometimes the comments don't
2: work properly. So annoying. Right. Um. Can we talk That's about fine. negotiation for a minute? Yes. So women don't ask. Be better, okay. Women don't negotiate in many cases. Uh, I have seen this. So this would be an example of how this plays out in recruiting, you know, in, in my various roles of leading recruiting and being a headhunter for a little while. Um, I mean, I'll just tell you, you know, men ask, mm. they they will push for mm. when it gets, especially when it gets down to the offer stage, you know, the company wants the person. So mm. it all mm. basically plays out right there. And I have seen the most extreme example I've seen mm. is, uh, I won't mention any names or companies, but, oh, um, <laughs> joking. (laughs) This this one really, I mean, I had been doing recruiting a long time and this one shocked me in in kind of a good way, actually. So uh, there was a a gentleman being uh, actually quite a slate of candidates, but the successful Mm. candidate happened to be a man and um, a very, very senior role, not CEO, but close. And Not only did he push very, very, very hard for a significant increase in the compensation, that being the the base salary, the bonus, mm-hmm. and then the equity, we'll talk about equity in a minute. Um, but each of those separately, so we went we went base and resolved it. Then then they brought the bonus and then the equity. and then, and the, there was a lawyer, by the way, involved in this whole thing in addition to the person negotiating. Wow. Wow. So I, was, I was talking to the lawyer. I was talking to the person themselves. And then he had the temerity to, when everything was said and done. He wanted us, the company that I was representing uh, to pay for the lawyer, the lawyer's fees <laughs> for his negotiation.
1: <laughs> oh my and, I God. Thought,
2: and I thought, I, I mean, at the at, at the beginning, I was a little taken aback. And then I was like, man, that guy's smart. Good for him. Honestly, I mean, no woman I know would ever have the temerity to do that. And why not? Right? Because I, I
0: would be worried you'd be withdrawing the offer. Oh, she's hmm. being too picky. Oh, okay, uh, okay. she wants the world, blah, blah, blah. And I, I would be in the back of my mind the whole time. I'd be like, if I push too hard, they'll withdraw the offer.
2: I know. Okay. So that's that's a realistic uh, fear. And it, I oh. apparently, gentlemen gentleman had no fear with regard to that. Uh, and, wow. Wow. Uh, I went to the ceo he said yep pay for the lawyer so i think I sure. just, I just, oh I my god to- oh I my own. god that's amazing well he wanted the talent he wanted the talent so Come on, folks. You know, talent is. I super hope to valuable. goodness
0: he he made that company bucket loads. Um, I've been trying to work out who okay. this is. Um, every so often, LinkedIn does this, and I can't see who it is. I think it's Rashad. Um, my observation has been the opposite. I found most of the environments that I've been in have, yet, have had primarily female leadership, at least in internal corporate. Yet, yeah, and the staffing is, yeah, majority male, which is quite interesting. Okay.
1: So, so my uh, to, there you go, uh, Cindy
0: agrees with me what? <laughs> I hope you cut it
2: loose seems like a problem no, child <laughs> no, no, Cindy. I, I, okay and my point is I'm not encouraging everyone to go get a lawyer to negotiate that and, and pay for it I'm simply mm. saying mm. have have a little, a little boldness, you know, go yeah. for what mm. you want know what you want and maybe a little more realistic way to advise, especially women mm. always ask for equity you might not get it, but always ask for it because that's where real wealth creation comes from. And so mm-hmm. often found in recruiting, men ask for equity, women don't. So there's there's a gap right there. Number two, set expectations early. So if you are being considered for an opportunity uh, and they start to talk about, you know, what kind of compensation are you looking for? You know, what, what do we need to do in order to make this interesting to you? If equity is important to you, which it is to, uh, to many people or should be, I think, um, say it early. Say, well, yeah. I've got to have a certain amount of base and bonus, but it's really equity that's important to me. So you're already sowing seeds in the recruiter's mind of what they mm. need to do to get. You. And again, I found that more often men think of that than women. And if you start to, mm. you know, kind of talk about it early, you're more likely to get it. And then have I in mind. that's of the U.S. thing as well.
0: Glenn, Uh, any thoughts on
1: that? Is it more a US
0: thing to ask for equity? Oh, we went to here in the startup space, so I bet people in the startup space ask for it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's pretty standard in startup and scale-up space, Mm. to be fair. Um, To Erin's point, though, um, getting it as part of the conversation at the very beginning and not putting it as, Mm. oh, that's part of the benefits package. It's base salary, equity, and benefits package. So those three things you you talk about in in Mm. kind of separation because otherwise if you i guess if you start talking about it as an overall benefit it, you know in the mind perhaps mm-hmm. of the recruiter you it starts to sort that there's no value to it so they focus on the on the sort base salary
2: well also then the recruiter knows that they need to go get it for you as exactly. opposed to it being an 11th hour thing where they say oh well we have an employee stock purchase program that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about rsu's hmm. And mm. I want them granted. And, of course, there's yeah. a vesting period that, course, doesn't, that yeah. never comes immediately. Oh. But, oh. you know, and, and I don't even I don't think this is even uh, relegated just to senior level hires. So even if mm. you're not a senior person, you can still ask Agreed. for equity, a small amount of equity because mm. it matters. And it shows that you want to have some skin in the game as well, because mm. it's not an mm. incentive, obviously.
0: Mm. Yeah, it shows you want the company to succeed, doesn't it? but i love it that really just goes back to ask for it which is what mm -hmm. you were saying yeah sorry glenn
1: well i was just going to say to erin's point um know what your your value is know what you want do your research Mm -hmm. before you have a conversation and possibly in any negotiation male or female any type of negotiation Mm -hmm. if you ask the question okay what are you offering immediately (laughs) you're on the back foot because you're allowing that individual in that business to determine. You know, mm. kind of what what the the, the value worth. the base salary is going to be. Yeah, yeah. um, and i i I've, I've been in you know a number of conversations with male and females, and the individuals that really do well are the ones that know exactly what they want. Yes, mm-hmm. I'm I'm on this, and I'm happy to be transparent about it. This is what I'm looking for, and this is why.
2: Yeah, mm. I think that's exactly right, and it may not even be monetary. I'm not saying it has mm. to all be about mm. the money. Maybe mm. flexibility is very important to you. Maybe travel is really important to you to do or not to do. I mean, you know, just know yourself and know what's important yeah. to you, and ask for it up front, and y- it, you'd be surprised. I mean, we're we're recruiters, right? We know this. People ask for stuff, yeah. and you try and get it for them. Mm. But I, you know, when I mentor, uh, especially women, about their own careers, you know, this is what I say. It's super mm. important. To know yourself. Know what's important to you. Ask mm. for it early. Uh, and then don't back down because mm. it's going to happen. They're going to say, mm, sorry. And then you're like, okay, well, then I'm just not interested. Mm. And that's yeah. super hard to do, but you'd be surprised what happens when you do it.
0: It was and, funny. And- I, got, um, book- I got booked to speak at a recruitment event when this was a paid gig. And um, I did, I, I gave a figure and they knocked it down a bit. And then they knocked it down some more at the time I was booked. And then they accidentally sent me the sheet and I, I, as the female was the only one that they actually halved what I asked for and I, I let it happen, which was even more stupid, but it was a huge lesson to me. Like you had your lessons, mm-hmm. but they actually sent me all the pay for all of them. And I was stunned. Wow. I was like, Oh, you're right. That's
2: the kind of pain that, that it'll, it'll make you sit up and take notice. Right. It happens. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, you have to see the learning rather than just be indignant about it. You have to go, I will not let that happen again.
2: <laughs>
0: so, I will definitely not let that happen again.
2: <laughs> you have to ask for what you need and, and stick with it um, because you have value. You have merit. Um, it's the reason I approached you. Hmm. Indeed. So, uh, you know, I, oh. I other than that, I don't have any, you know, Pat answers. I think. Well, there's a question um, here, though. Oh, sorry.
0: <laughs> sorry, I'm being really weird and interrupting. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, I just, I, yeah, no, I just said like, as a leader of TA orgs, is it a common practice to have a bucket load of available RSU awards, for instance, yes. that comes up ad hoc like this?
2: Yes, in my experience, yes. Uh, and there's well, there's more in the well than you know. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, depending on the. That's the
0: second the- time I've heard that this week. Really, and some, somebody yeah. else was talking about that. There's always more. Yeah. Like even when they say there's no budget available, there is always more available.
2: Yeah.
0: So do This was a female who'd been told this by a man, also yeah. a, a HR leader.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, HR. I. Yeah, uh, I learned this uh, from uh, uh, one leader in particular that I worked for, uh, Tracy Keo, who's now mm. in charge of uh, all of HR for HP. Um, but I had the good fortune to work for her at Hewitt when she was really kind of reforming everything in HR, and came to it with a Harvard business lens. So she's got a, an MBA from wow. Harvard, and mm-hmm. Tracy had a really unique style. Has a really unique style of um, well, she's she's just wicked smart, first of all. So she can go toe to toe with all the all the McKinsey guys all day long. Uh, and, and yet has this really genteel kind of, uh, happy, uh, disposition. So you never feel threatened by her, but, um, Mm. you know, Tracy just, she just had a way of kind of making things happen. And she Mm. just knew that there, there was a bucket that we can access. And so Mm. if it's important enough, we'll figure out how to get it done. And so she, she taught me a lot about that sort of, um, world of abundance versus a world of scarcity approach.
0: Mm. Mm, I find it fascinating I've heard that twice this week for like I'm personally being told this um, uh, yeah the, the HR leader I mentioned yeah so I'll tell you who later I just don't want to name in case I'm, you know that awkward thing of like oh, should I um Summer I have heard that women negotiate for others better than they do for themselves that said do female recruiters advocate for their candidates offers more than men my earlier question regarding how this plays out in recruiting was more along those lines. There you go. Oh,
2: that's interesting. Hmm. Glenn, I'm curious
1: mm.
2: what you think about In
1: that. terms of advocating for male and yeah, female individuals. No, but
0: do we, as female negotiators of, of candidates' salaries, do we female go harder
2: than men? For their candidates yeah,
0: advocate for their candidates for offers more than men. Ooh, interesting. I always felt because it wasn't about me and my worth, I probably just got them what they wanted. Hmm. But when it comes to then me, that's probably when I wobble. That goes back to the getting out of your own way though, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're a recruiter, you want to get the placement, right? It doesn't matter if you're in an agency or in a corporate team. You want to get the role filled because there's all kinds of metrics and you you just want the hiring manager to be happy. So um, I'm going to say that if, I mean, the the classic belief is if you're in a corporate team and there are going to be Mm. long-term consequences you live with after the person gets hired, because you're still in the organization Mm. where Uh they've been a good hire or a bad hire, that you're going to want to make sure that you, yeah, get the right person hired, but don't push too hard because it's not about, you know, getting the role filled as much as getting a good person. And if you're in an agency, Mm. the classic view is you just want to get the deal done. I don't know that it... Is mm. male or female, though? I don't know. I
0: think it's more it's not you, so it's almost easier because it's not you. Thank you for that comment, Cindy. Um, Jayashree yeah. has a great comment here. Um, how to deal with hiring managers' attitude. So Jayashree is in India, admittedly, so again, culturally, mm. wow, huge difference. So how to deal with hiring managers' attitude when you're hiring for a male-dominated industry role and you're the female TA. Mm. Any top tips? That's a real get-out-of-your-own-way one, isn't it? Mm.
2: <laughs> Yeah, it definitely is. And Jayshree, for several years, I led a team in India and spent a lot of time there. I love, love, love India. And I spent as much time as I could with my team there because there is not a, uh, a more engaged, harder working um, uh, culture. So I just love yeah. it there. Anyway, uh, what was the question again? oh sorry. <laughs>
0: that's all right it's just moved up here we go like yeah so how to deal with hiring manager's attitude when you're hiring for male-dominated industries role and you're the female TA oh hang on sorry there's a bit more too. E.g., building materials or hard engineering so yeah so in other words male-dominated yeah right. I think loads of women have um this happen
2: yeah no I I think mm. um, it doesn't matter where you are especially in mm. high tech in manufacturing in um cloud. I mean, you know, it's, it's very male dominated. So it's really a matter of knowing your stuff, you know, in mm. my experience, you get a lot further. If you do your homework, know your stuff, and then you can just be more confident in the candidates that you're presenting in the opportunities mm. you're presenting to candidates. Um, and that doesn't happen immediately. You you need experience and mm. you need to make mistakes and you need some battle scars. So yeah i don't know self-compassion maybe you know be, be nice yes yourself. <laughs> that was
0: so funny because i was just thinking mistakes are okay you just learn from them and don't do them again mistakes four or five times are the silly you know the same one but yeah absolutely self-compassion you don't
2: beat yourself up no um it's it's really important if if you're in it for the long term and if you're yeah. really you know, yeah
0: joshu is awesome he really is awesome.
2: Um, we're running out of time. Why does this go so
0: fast every time? Um, next week we have a Keith, who is the CEO of Recite Me, which I have on my website, which I love, which is a tool which allows you to be able uh, so to people who are dyslexic, dys- dyslexic, dyslexic, etc., be able to apply because they can read the website. Um, but we're going to talk about all sorts of diversity, aren't we, next week? Glenn, you mm-hmm. know Keith as well, don't you? Super I do, yeah. good
1: guy. Good guy.
0: Um, oh, 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 good comments coming in. I just want to get in before we wrap it up. Yeah, know the business, know the home managers need, and know the market. Yeah, it is it's data, 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 isn't it?
2: Yeah, and it's it's customer experience, candidate experience, mm. right? I mean, it mm. goes ways and. You can't create either a good customer or candidate experience if you don't know the role Mm. and the market Mm. and the opportunities and your candidates. So it's, you gotta work hard. That's actually what it comes down to. You gotta work hard. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah.
0: As with everything. Now, if people wanna find
2: find your, you know. Oh, sorry. And if you're not in in a supportive environment, then Mm. you gotta step off too. So that, that does happen. And you have to Mm. have the confidence to be able to say, this is not the right place for me, but not before you Mm. push through it wherever you can.
0: Yeah. Because it could Mm. just be a growth thing, couldn't it? Right. Mm.
2: So Erin, remind us
0: again of the name of your podcast, which of course I know, but so people can go find it. It
2: is Big Fish in the Talent Pool. I know it's It's a little bit quirky, but- uh, It's great. That's cool. My, my husband actually came up with it. I I uh, he's got a creative brain. But anyway, big vision oh, talent. That. So what it is is leaders, talent leaders, yep. specifically talent acquisition leaders, mm. who I interview because I'm just yeah. endlessly curious about who they are, how they got there, what keeps them up at night. So we just we just mm. have a conversation. It's like you're yeah, overhearing yeah. a coffee That's conversation cool. between two TA leaders.
1: Yeah. That's cool. cool.
0: And Mr. Martin, didn't you have a new podcast for that?
1: Yeah. Um, never mind the job spec. Um, you, you can, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to steal Erin's thunder because her, her podcast is really, really cool. Man, it's it's well worth so sure. listening to. It. I would. That's completely I would,
0: different take on I it. Would, like you.
1: Yeah. I would definitely Very advocate great. people checking it out because it's it's well worth it. Certainly, if you're super passionate about TA, um, <laughs> it's it's great to hear from other kind of peers in the industry in terms of how they're they're kind of approaching it and and effectively kind of some of the challenges that there are they're facing it helps us all right where we're all sharing that kind of knowledge every everybody takes a step forward and a step up so Mm. that's cool It's
2: a in in all the right ways I feel because anyone can share anything that they have and it's a democratization of good information so I Mm. I love it it's it's a lot of fun it's a way for me by the way nobody pays me to do it but I just Mm. I'm just curious I just want to talk to other TA leaders to be encouraged
0: yeah, I, I was very honoured to be on it, so thank you. Um, thank you, everybody, for all of your comments and your questions. And, of course, thank you to Enterprise Alumni, or we would not be here at all. Um, bless them keeping us going. Oh, Lubbry just started complaining right on cue. Um, <laughs> we shall be back, of course, next Thursday at exactly the same time, 10 a.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. UK time. Erin, um, thank you so much for all thanks, of that. Thanks, Erin. So and My everyone, we shall great see you next us. week. Yeah, totally appreciated. Thank Bye. you. Bye.